Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. It is March 5th, 2023. This is Hank for Wildflower Bee Farm. What a week. So I just got back late Wednesday for, for three, four days. I was in the city of Toronto at an environmental conference called Globe X Change. I went there because I wanted to understand and learn what was happening in the basically the nature, the environmental movement. In Canada here, there's talk of net zero by 20. 30, which in just simple terms means we're not going to emit any more CO2 because we're going to offset it by doing different things. And because at Wildflower Bee Farm, we're a restora ecosystem restoration and a nature-based solution, which basically means we've converted our farm back to nature and we're a solution. But the, the part of the problem that I have is the, you know, and I wanted to learn more about this. And, and I have to tell you, after being at that conference for four days, I wanted to separate and divide out the, you know, the, the people that may have been there because it was their industry, uh, their politicians, and there were a number of those who were pushing their agenda and pushing their book, if you will, which was elect us again. Uh, there were a group in the industry, and I'll call it an industry that basically is uh, consultants and people that are going that that, that are behind all of the finan um, financial, but also the, you know, the registration process. And what became very clear to me for carbon offsets, for example, there really isn't a way to know for sure what you're getting, because there's so many different ways to call something a carbon offset. And you take a very simple process or problem and, and the industry seems to make it more and more complex. So at Wildflower Bee Farm, we have a number of solutions, which we are, I guess you could say, applying to other properties. And at the end of this, really an exciting announcement about a new project we're going to be starting this spring. But I always start simple before I get too complex. And, and the basic idea is that with carbon offsets, if you put off carbon dioxide, you have to have trees or mother nature, plants that process that carbon dioxide and turn it into oxygen and other more beneficial sort of products. And nature has always been kind of in a balance with us. And I have to say, one of the most powerful things I learned at that conference was a statement that was made by an Aboriginal chief that I just couldn't get out of my head. And he was in sort of part of the opening um, ceremonies and he said you know when you're doing all your th this and that and talking about carbon offset numbers and calculations you have to remember there's just one thing that matters and that is we need to heal mother earth and and I don't know why well I kind of have some ideas why but that really resonated with me and that was kind of the measuring stick every time I went for a session and there were over a thousand people in, at this conference from around the world, including many government officials. Um, I sat there and listened thinking, how does this reflect on what the chief was saying? 
And then, of course, I would continually think about what we're doing at the Wildflower Bee Farm and that, the, you know, the honeybees help us connect with nature. And through that, we're able to do an environmental restoration, which which causes incredible other benefits. But it's fairly simple. You take some land, you plant some wildflowers and tall grass prairie and trees, and you protect it and let nature do its thing. So as I got through this whole process, I started thinking about what we're doing and and we're very fortunate on the farm because we have the support of the osr clinics who are our farm sponsor we have some corporate sponsorships and we also have sponsorship from greener project development our son joshua owns that company now and he supports us in our project so the farm here is is we're very fortunate we're able to use those resources to plant more seeds i just planted the 200 pounds of red clover to continually uh, buy uh, sensors and different hives and and last year, we, we brought in different genetic strains of bees. So we're very fortunate. But the thought is, how can we replicate this process around the country? Because it's all one planet. So if we restore, we restored the farm here, and by the way, it's just absolutely beautiful already. Um, even though we had one heck of a weird winter storm the other day. Um, the bees were flying. If you follow us on Instagram, I just posted a, a slow motion clip of bees bringing in either pollen or propolis um, when there's hardly anything blooming. And, and, and I'm thinking I'm leaning toward propolis, but a couple of the bees look like they were quite, quite bogged down with some weight on their hind legs. So I'm, I'm just not sure. But the point is they're starting to, to take over again for spring. But I thought what's really needed and in and, and, and this whole, our, our, all of us realize, regardless of political affiliation, that we want to take care of our environment. We want to help Mother Earth heal, or the Earth heal. And how can we do that? And there was a great deal of discussion at this international conference about what's called greenwashing. Basically, I just call it fake environmental stuff. There, There is this thing everywhere. And, and the other issue with carbon offsets is, it started because you can have a factory and pollute as long as you buy enough trees to plant in the Amazon, or you can offset them in other different ways. And so I thought this is not transparent enough. It's not clear enough. So I, as a person, let's forget uh, wildflower bee farm. Let's forget all that. Let's just say I'm Hank and I just want to help the earth and I live in an apartment somewhere. What can I do? Well, I thought there needs to be a way for me to contribute, even in a small way, to a real thing. Someone asked me at the conference what to do, and I said, well, go, go to your local seed store, pick up some clover, throw it on your back lawn, and start some clover for the, for the pollinators in your community. But the problem is the person said, well, I live on a you know, 10th floor of an apartment building. I've got a balcony. Like, what can I do? And I thought, okay, maybe there's a way we can do a win-win situation so here's the idea and i want i want to get your feedback and please when you listen to this podcast you know get on there do some comments rate the podcast review it because that's the only way we can get the word out there environmental impact credits is something that i was working have been working on for about three years and here's where i think we've come to this point let's assume for a minute we have a property and we have many that we're going to do this with and we're going to create a thousand environmental impact credits for the preservation of this land that is clearly identified to you if you were going to purchase a credit. And we took this land and we had an arborist and an, and an arborist is a professional 
who can identify plant species and with a drone go into a project and do an inventory and then come up with a report that tells us what's on that property. Now, here's the next step. And I spoke with lawyers last week. The arborist on that date will then do a sworn statement that on that date, this was his report. And that report and the contract with Wildflower Bee Farm will, will be put on title. So that for five, let's say it's a five-year contract. So for five years, that will be indicated on title as a document verifying what is on that property. And every year, the arborist does another updated evaluation to make sure the property is still the way it was. If it's a preservation project or if it's a restoration project, people are given information on what's happening to the project as far as planting of trees, clovers, and so on. And they would get that. So the first part would be filed on title and the annual reviews would be sent to those who own an environmental impact credit. And as we thought about this, we said, well, an environmental impact credit, um, if we work out what that would mean, let's, let's assume we have a restoration project, which I'm going to announce. So let's, let's take this restoration project. So a day before the conference started, we were able to secure 95 acres in a place called Livingston Cove, Nova Scotia. Now this property is over is up about 130 meters from sea level. The ocean is across the street, basically. Uh, there's a wharf and there's a public park. This 95 acres had been clear cut some 15 years ago for trees. There are a few trees left on the property, but generally it's grass currently. Our plan is to, um, you know, we have a agreed upon sale and purchase of May of this year will be the date we will, we will purchase that property. And we will plant trees and clovers. We will introduce um, a hive catching um, situation where any local bees that may be swarming will come hopefully and stay with us. And we will then after five years preserve that property. So the first five years is a restoration. So we divided that up and we said, okay, if we create a thousand environmental impact credits for people to help support us, one credit would be the following, 10 trees, 80 bees, potentially, now those bees will depend on us getting them, but of course, 1,500 um, carbon offset pounds per year, 11,000 clover and wildflower plants will be planted there per environmental impact credit. And this is for the restoration phase. Once the restoration is complete, the arborist would file a report on what it's actually doing after five years and has a, so, so young trees planted after five years don't take a lot of carbon, but remember, it's not all about carbon offsets because that's not what it's all about. And that's what I learned at that conference. This is about giving back to nature, restoring nature, and taking care of something. Now, you still should recycle in your house and be smart with your use of electricity and all those things. This is a project not to forgive you for your sins, as I say, environmental sins. This is for you to help the environment 
and the impact of humanity on the environment by creating this pres preserved area and this restoration project. So that's the idea. Now, obviously, we're going to encourage the uh, honeybees to be there or natural pollinators, which is really probably in this project our preference. We also want those of you who, who choose to produce environmental impact credits to be able to be involved. So let's say we have 20 different wildflowers that we could plant there. They're helpless with that in the sense of choosing the ones we're going to plant. We may do, you know, vote outs to you and so on. Now, what would this cost? Well, we're, the price of an environmental impact credit would be something like $25 to $50 per year is what we're estimating for a restoration and or a preservation. So a preservation means the property is, you know, is full of trees and the arborist has calculated all the environmental benefits and we're going to protect that tree. We're going to protect those trees and you're going to be able to see where the property is. There's no greenwashing. It's about that property. And the purpose is to help heal Mother Nature. So that's what came out of the, you know, highly um, influential conference in Toronto. I learned that there's that we need to get to what I call common sense solutions and solutions that are going to benefit Mother Earth or the Earth. And, and how are we going to help it heal? And I think the responsibility of what we do each day in our lives can be separated, although it should be continuous in the sense of trying to do the best we can to help, you know, preserve the planet, make it a better place for our children and grandchildren by, by taking care of the environment. But I don't believe that an arbitrary calculation of a CO2 offset is going to do anything to help nature or our planet. We need to take responsibility more so on making the kinds of interventions and restorations we're talking about. We're going to take that 95 acres and we're going to turn it back over to an incredible uh, property, probably better than it was before it was clear-cut logged. The other thing we're going to be looking at is the powerful impact of clovers and other types of plants that pull uh, nitrogen down and put it back into a usable format into the soil for plants and trees to use. So that's the idea. Environmental impact credits for us to be transparent, sustainable, and I'd love to hear your feedback on this idea. Just to close on the honeybees, we, we just, you know, the other day they were out flying, looked like they were bringing in pollen or propolis they were just busy they weren't they weren't in uh, <laughs> elimination flights they were in the business of working and then yesterday we had rain snow freezing rain a thunderstorm wherein it was snowing and then it finished us off with some rain and a bit more freezing rain to end the day yes and then the then it became sunny so sorry that was two days ago yesterday it was sunny and they were actually flying again like there was a pile of snow in front of the one hive where we have our 24 seven uh, monitor in the morning. And by midday they were flying as it was all gone and the temperature got up to about eight or nine degrees Celsius. So that's the kind of spring it is. I'm, I'm hoping to get a walk in today and, but the sun has not come out yet. So it's still fairly cold out there. It looks like it's the hairy bittercrest that's the primary bloomer right now. And there's some maples maple trees in certain sections that seem to be starting to pop, which 
I don't know how that's going to work out. Anyway, I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. A little bit lengthy today, a lot more to talk about when it comes to this environmental conference and, and the um, transition. And the final announcement is this night, we, we were able to, a day before the conference, pick up 95 acres of, of land that we're going to be uh, including in our second Wildflower Bee Farm project. We hope to start in May. And again, part of the idea of environmental impact credits were, would be to get the public involved or should we simply go and look for corporate sponsorship for this project? We may go to you, the public, so that for as little as $25, you can support us and we would take those funds and you'll know exactly where they're going and you'll have ownership in this exciting ecosystem restoration of a beautiful piece of property that we're going to return back to nature. So again, I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing week and we'll talk to you again next time. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today. <laughs>